Welcome to Questions from the Closet. I'm Ben Shalati. And I'm Charlie Bird. Each episode, we discuss a question that we commonly get asked as LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. We are not trying to answer this question or come to a consensus, but simply sharing our perspectives. Today's question is, how can I support my LGBTQ child? Ben and I are not terribly diverse, and we share many opinions and life experiences. For example, we both love going house hunting. I actually, House Hunters International is one of my favorite TV shows. I mine too. HGTV was like the only thing I watched growing yeah. up. And my dad was a realtor, so we used to go look at houses just for fun. Anyway, <laughs> uh, however, there are some pretty big differences. For example, I just got pre-approved to buy a house, and Charlie has been couch surfing for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. <laughs> yeah, but just because I'm pre-approved doesn't mean I own a house. But if anyone, if anyone wants to give me a house close to BYU, I would happily just take it. Or maybe I'll buy one someday with my money. Well, the bank's money. So anyway. We would like to provide a variety of voices and perspectives on our show. So today we're joined by Becky. Hello, Hi, Becky. Guys. Thank hey, you Becky. so much for having me on your show. We're thrilled to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. My name's Becky McIntosh, and my husband is Scott. We have seven grown children. They're adults, married, raising children of their own, uh, 12 grandchildren, and another one on the way. That's really important. This You're a one. grandmother? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't yeah. look like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I do color my hair, but that, that helps. So I'm here today because of our number three child. He's our middle son. So we have three sons and four daughters. And our middle son came out to us and told us that he was gay when he was 24. Mm -hmm. So that put us on this, this journey and what brings me here on your podcast today. Uh, All right. Well, Becky, tell us a little bit about, um, what that was like for you when, when Sean first came out. Uh, he, he sent us a private Facebook message and he was very wise in doing so. So he didn't have to see initial reactions and kind of let us process that. And my husband and I, we kind of reacted differently. It kind of, it, it felt like my world was tumbling down. It wasn't what something that I expected to hear or I had that thought had crossed my mind mm -hmm. because he was 24 and not really dating and had never really, well, he had dated a lot, but the girls were pursuing him. He didn't pursue girls. Mm -hmm. Um, so the thought had crossed my mind here and there that, that he's gay and that would quickly, I'd brush that aside. No, he's not. He just, uh, is preparing himself, you know, preparing for a mission and doesn't want to have a girlfriend. And then when he returned home from his mission, it's like, well, he's just focused on school uh -huh. and he's a straight A student and he just doesn't have time. So it, it kind of, it threw us for a loop. Mm -hmm. Um, the first thing I said to him, one of the first things is, well, then we need to get you to the doctor and have your testosterone levels checked because certainly they must be out of whack and we need to get those straightened out because boys like girls and girls like boys. And so if you're not liking girls and something's out of whack. So, so let's, let's get you the doctor and get this fixed. So your immediate <laughs> so, response was, this is temporary. Let's fix yes, it. Yes, Exactly. And he just kind of chuckled, mom, this isn't testosterone. <laughs> and for four hours, we, we sat and talked. For four hours. For four, four hours. And um, yeah, gave me a lot of, of food for thought. What were some of the things that, that were said during those four hours that, that like stuck with you or gave you that food for thought? I suddenly 
thought I was the expert on the subject, even though I really knew nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was giving him a lot of advice. Um, I had heard about, uh, you know, a couple of people who were gay that were public who had married someone of the opposite sex in the, in the temple. So surely that's what my son wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I made sure that he knew about them and their stories. And he said, yeah, mom, I, I know <laughs> I'm, I'm deeply aware. It's, but- it's so interesting that you bring that up because one of the most fascinating things to me about the dynamic of coming out to a parent is that many times the, the child has been working through this and dealing with this in secret for years. For example, in my case, I'd, I'd say about 10 years, I was just trying to figure it out and coming to conclusions. And by the time I was ready to come out, I had processed a lot and I'd read a lot and I had a pretty good feel of, of where I was. And then it, it's, I think that's one of the scary things, or at least for me about coming out to my parents was knowing they were going to be at ground zero. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's kind of like a hard dynamic because you want immediate support and mm-hmm. you almost like expect them because they're a parent and they've always like known what to do. I mean, I call my mom and dad every like a lot for life advice. But this time it was kind of opposite and it was like a weird role reversal in a way where I felt like I was kind of having try to like teach my parents about being gay just because it's something they've never experienced. Right. And it, that's something that my my son was very good at was uh-huh. being patient with his father and I. And he would tell us the same thing that you you just, you know, described that uh, yeah. he had. He said, Mom, I have been. I've read everything out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been, been dealing with this for as long as I can remember. So I have read everything that the church has said and put out there and any story that's out there. Um, so, but he, he was, he was very patient. Like he, he knew he had to be patient with us because this was new to us. If, if you had to do those four hours uh, over again, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? A lot more just listening. Mm-hmm. Like I initially told him, I love you and our love for you will never change. But that followed up with some buts. And mm-hmm. I, I did say, but if you ever do start dating men, then you know that you can't bring them home, right? Because you have younger brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. we have grandkids. So you know that that wouldn't be a possibility. Did you find it hard to let go of the future that you thought that he would have? Yes. Yeah, that was that was hard. I had because you envision something. You have like this little checklist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'll kill, you know, graduate from college. um, You know, he had served a mission, and after you serve a mission, you know, you date and you get married in the temple. Mm -hmm. And that first night, I had him go get his patriarchal blessing. No, let's read it. Look here, Sean. It says you're going to marry in the temple and have have children. Mm -hmm. So. It's going to happen. So just hang in there. And he said, Mom, I have dated. I've, I've kissed girls. And I know I'm not marrying a woman. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what my future is. I've, I've never kissed a guy, and I've never held a guy's hand. But Mom, I know I'm attracted to guys. And I'm not sure. I don't know what the future is, but I, I don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt for him. And I tried to put myself in his shoes and what that would feel like and be like. Um, but still, I was just clinging on to faith and a miracle. Like, he was going to have that ending of marrying a woman in yeah. the temple. And, and he had said to me, 
Mom, you're the first person that I've talked to about this. And that broke my heart because thinking that my child had carried that for 24 years. Yeah. And I know each of you were, were older too when uh-huh. <laughs> you came out. I was also, I think I was 23, maybe 24 yeah. when I came out yeah, to I was, my parents. I was 23. And it broke my heart to think that he had carried that to himself because as a mother, I thought I had created that safe space in our home that they knew that they could come to me and tell me anything and mm-hmm. everything, but I hadn't. So that, that hurt me. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, I was happy to hear him say, mom, you're the first person I've talked about this to. Yeah, yeah. Cause I thought, Oh good. Nobody knows. So we can figure out what's gone wrong and get this fixed and back on track or at least him just fully committing that, no, mom, it doesn't matter. I'm clinging to that iron rod. I wanted to hear him say that or else get this fixed where he had this attraction to girls. So no one knew. So then we wouldn't have to explain to anyone mm-hmm. if he yeah. did marry someone how that all worked. <laughs> Becky, I'm hearing a lot of complex feelings going on that mm-hmm. you just loved him. You like we're grieving for all this time he'd have to, he'd had to do this alone. At the same time you just wanted to fix this this quote unquote problem. Yeah. Well, in a way it makes sense because it seems like you've lived a wonderful life and you have so many things that have made you happy and your life path has equaled happiness for you. And so it it makes sense that that, that would be your kind of frame of reference for a life path that leads to happiness. Mm-hmm. And you want your son to be happy. And the way to get happiness is to kind of live the same path that you were living. Right, right. I was certain that that's the only way happiness was completing this checklist. And um, as a mother, I want to feel like I'm in control. And I want to make all the choices for my kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was was really hard to... um, except that we have agency. I mean, that he had his own agency mm-hmm. in his own life, that I, I don't like to be controlled and that I couldn't control him. And I needed to trust him and mm-hmm. trust God in this process. And, and I came to this, this realization after um, many times on my knees, and God, each time I fell to my knees saying, what next, what do I do? His answer was always, love him. Mm-hmm. Just love him. And when I truly let go of my fears and just loved him, oh, our relationship um, strengthened. He felt like he could be more open with me and we could communicate more about things. How did the way that you showed that you love him change? It was a step-by-step process because you can say the words, I love you, but it's really how, how you make them feel. So, for example, when he did start dating a guy and he wanted to bring that person home to family dinner. Mm-hmm. And see, two years earlier, I had said, you know, if you ever start dating, you're not bringing him home. And then here he was asking, Mom, can I bring someone home? I've met someone I really care about. Can I bring him home? Mm-hmm. And immediately fell to my knees. God, what do I say? How do I respond to this? He had, my son had texted me, so this wasn't a face-to-face. And the answer was, you love, love him. And I thought, I, I, have, I have to allow him as his agency. And I, I, have to, I have to let my door be open 
to whoever he wants to bring home, like as I had done for my other children who brought, was able to bring their dates home. And I needed to do the same for him. And I wondered what that was going to look like and feel like. Like I was really nervous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was surprised that he was a really good person. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually liked him. And I actually liked him. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess without putting conditions onto that love, it's like, I love you no matter what and, and even if. And I didn't have to keep adding the butts. Becky, what you're saying reminds me of something that my, my dad used to say a lot when I was uh, a teenager. He would say, people are going to do what they want to do, whether you like it or not. But you get to choose how much they're going to be in your life. And so it sounds like you were choosing to have Sean in your life because he was going to do what he wanted to do, whether you liked it or not. Exactly. And as a mother and having raised seven children and five were teenagers at the same time, <laughs> I, I, yes, I learned that. There were some, some hard lessons <laughs> that with that. But yes, they're going to do what they want to do, just like me. I do what I'm going to do. Um, One of the themes I'm kind of seeing in, in how you're talking about this is that you would have conversations with him. And that there was like an open way for you to communicate things and like he had an issue, he wanted to bring a boyfriend home and he was able to bring that to you and then you could respond. And I think for me and in, in my journey, that's helped me a lot being completely open and transparent with my parents because it, it is, it, it's, it's a new thing that people get thrown into. And unfortunately, sometimes when parents are either grieving over the future they wanted for their kids or or trying to work through, you know, what it means. And, and they're so new to the to that process. Sometimes it can come off as, as disappointment when it's really just confusion, you know? And I'm really grateful that I never really had that experience with my parents because we were always so open with each other. And we set a precedent from the get-go that if they had a question or if I had a question, we would just talk about it and bring it to the table and be able to kind of give a realness to it instead of having it be taboo or skate around things. Yeah. And my parents were kind of like in the middle of that. Like I wanted us to have a really open dialogue. But one of the first things my mom said after I came out was she was like, well, Ben, maybe this is just a phase. You haven't dated a lot. Maybe if you just date more, it'll, you know, you'll realize you're attracted to women. I was like, well, maybe. And by the time I was still hoping that that was the case. And then uh, about once a year, my dad would say, so how's the whole same sex attraction thing going? Hoping that I was working on fixing it. And I would say, good. And that was really all we ever said. And, and it wasn't until I was, I was 30 and just couldn't keep going on my own anymore that I just kind of blurted out everything that, that had been happening for seven years and, and let them know what was really going on. And that's when my mom said, uh, after hearing years of experiences, my mom said, Ben, if you need to leave the church and marry a man, you and he will always be part of our family. Mm -hmm. And that's when the openness with my parents started when, then I knew that like I, they didn't need me to, they didn't need to tell me that. But when they explicitly said, no matter what happens, you and your husband will always be part of our family. Um, that really gave me the opportunity to figure out what I wanted to do and, and discuss openly with them what that was. And interestingly, I think, I'm not sure I would still be in the church had my mom not said that. Yeah. Like, I think giving me the permission to leave was one of the things that helped me personally to stay. A theme I'm seeing between both of your stories is that honoring agency and trusting the other person, trusting the LGBTQ child was a huge element in the success of keeping a strong child-parent relationship. Yeah. yeah definitely. I hear a lot from from parents that, that they'll reach out to me shortly after their son or daughter has come out to them or within a you know few months, and they're just devastated 
not knowing, you know, how do we move? How do we move forward? And I have come to to know the importance of, of listening in that communication and keeping that that door open. For me, I, I started to stop and pause and think, how is the words I'm going to use or what I'm going to, to say, my words or my action going to to affect our relationship? Is mm-hmm. it going to um, create a wedge and draw us further apart or is this going to bring us closer together? But to be able to talk about that and, you know, with my son, he's really open with me and letting me know, like, mom, when you, you saying that, that really hurts and this is why it, it hurts and I really appreciate him being open with, with me and him being open for, for me to say what I feel like I need to say and to be able to, to talk about that. I think that communication is is so important because I, I also have a lot of in the LGBTQ individuals reach out to me and say that they've come out to their parents and then nothing else has been said. Like they had the initial coming out and then they're waiting for their, their parents to say something. And then I hear from the parents that said their son or daughter's come out and they're waiting for their son or daughter <laughs> to bring it up yeah. and, and to say something. And they're both feeling the other one's uncomfortable or they're waiting for them to bring it up. And a long time goes by and nothing is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, advice that I often give is if someone comes out to you, you know, a week later, bring it up again and say, you know, thank you for being so open. Thank you for sharing that with me. Mm-hmm. What, what else did you want to say that you didn't get to say? Or maybe ask, ask some good questions. Then a month later, bring it up again. Because when, when I first came out, there was so much I wanted to say and share, but it was so awkward for me to do it. Yeah. And, and so if someone brought it up, then I didn't have to do that again. Yeah, in fact, when I came out to my mom, for me, she responded the best way that she could have because immediately she told me she loved me. And then she told me that no matter what I choose in my life, she hopes that they're my decisions and that I'm happy. And then she said, can I ask you some questions? Becky, what would you say to a parent who would say, I'm worried about saying the wrong thing? Speak from a place of love. It's like what you just said, Charlie, your, your parents asking you questions, um, having that, that dialogue. And, and I don't think you can not ever say anything that's going to be hurtful or, or wrong. I mean, there's going to be, be mistakes. At least that's been my own experience. <laughs> Even how hard I try to always say the, the right thing. But don't let being afraid of saying something wrong hold you back from talking and communicating because that's how you learn and grow. Yeah, I would say to almost expect to say the wrong thing. If you're a parent in this situation, you're going to say the wrong thing. And as a son, I said the wrong thing a lot. And you can't let the fear of saying the wrong thing keep you from getting to the right things and finding the right balance in your relationship. Exactly. That's how you learn and grow. (laughs) Those mistakes. And I found with my own family, if they said something that I might call the wrong thing, if they did it from a place of of love and trying to understand, um, then it, it wasn't the wrong thing because they were coming from a good place. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> so so what was it like for you when Sean announced that he was going to get married? There are some, some mixed things going on there. Um, I was excited for him because he had watched all his, his brothers and sisters, you know, six of his brothers and sisters marry, and all of his friends from, from high school had married. And so, you know, I was excited for him that now this was, this was his turn. Mm-hmm. His turn, I was excited that he had, had found someone that he wanted to spend his life with. What hit me is when he announced it on, on Facebook with some pictures of their, their engagement. And that was surprising to me. When I, I looked at the Facebook and I saw the, the pictures and the announcement, and then all of a sudden some feelings of 
grief just hit me. And that surprised me. I, I didn't expect that. It just was a flood back of, was patriarchal blessing said this, you know, and this isn't happening. Um, and that really surprised me. And it was just this wave that went through me. And just briefly, I remember where I was. I was at the gas station. <laughs> and then I just sat in the car and I said a prayer and I had this peace come over to over me. And then again, um, some joy that he would not be alone, that he had someone who was also a great and wonderful person too. So even years down the road, you still had this hope that he would live this certain I, life. And I didn't know I was holding on to that hope. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. This, it surprised me. Something that has impressed me about this conversation with you is that each time you've been in a conflicting space, you've sat in it for a while, tried to figure out what you were feeling, and you'd prayed and each time you'd receive peace. And I think that's great advice to give to a parent who has conflicting feelings about their kid choosing a life path that they didn't imagine. And how was the actual wedding day? It was a beautiful day. It, it really was. So they were married in the, in the mountains. It was a beautiful day. We had set up 150 chairs. There was only a few chairs that were, were vacant. And I remember standing behind all the chairs. They were all, you know, filled with those a few and waiting, you know, to go down, down the line and take our place up, up front. And, but looking over the audience and, and seeing those there that I knew was uncomfortable being there that had graveled with, do we go or not go? Is this condoning? What does this really look like? But they were, they were there. They had come for Sean and it really was a happy day. Then the reception that night was at his fiance slash new husband's um, parents' backyard. And it, yeah, it was a good day. Sean had wanted it to be a happy day. And he said, Mom, I don't want it to feel like a funeral. Mm. I want people to generally be happy for me. So he, he could sense that maybe there'd still be some grief in you. Well, this was because of a conversation several years earlier when, the, when it became legal in Utah for, for same-sex marriage. And at that time, he was a student uh, over in Hawaii, and he texted me two days after that had been made, made legal. He texted me and said, Mom, you really hurt me. And I thought, what is he talking about? What have I said? What have I done? Mm -hmm. And I thought, this isn't a conversation for a text. So I called him and said, Sean, what have I done? And he said, Mom, it's legal to be married in Utah and neither you or dad, you know, you didn't text or call me or to congratulate me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that didn't even cross my mind. And he said, Mom, I want to be married one day, and I want my family to be there, and now this could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to feel like a funeral. I want people to be happy for me. And I started crying. I said, oh, but this is hard to wrap my mind around. And I said to him, I still envision you marrying a woman in the temple. And then he started crying. Like, Mom, that's not going to happen. I can't marry a woman, and I don't want to live a life alone. And I, I said, okay, you got to be patient with me while I process all of this. And, and it was, you know, a few years later, five years later, actually, mm -hmm. when it came a reality. And I, I thought... By that time, because we had been through a lot of experiences and stuff together, 
that um, I wouldn't feel that grief. Like that, like I said, that surprised me. Yeah. Um, but that's where that that came from. You know, a story that's come to mind as we've been talking just now is uh, my mom has Alzheimer's, and she doesn't know my name. She doesn't know that I'm her son, but she just loves me so much. And last summer, I was home for a couple of weeks, and I decided it'd be fun to come out to her a couple of times. <laughs> and so I'd just be like sitting in our rec room, like, Mom, did, I'm gay and Mormon. She's like, gay and Mormon? Just like trying to like think, like figure out what the words meant. I was like, what do you think about that? And she was like, well, as long as you're happy and get to do what you want to do. Uh, and then a couple days later, we were, we were out on a walk, and I, I told her again, I was like, did you know I'm gay, Mom? And she's like, no, I didn't know. And I was like, well, what do you think about that? And she said, well... As long as you're happy, I'm happy. And like that was just her essence, that she just wanted me to be happy. And I, and I told her I was her son, that she had four kids. And when we got back to the car, uh, she put her hand on, on, on my arm. And she said, thank you for telling me that. I didn't know, and I'm so lucky to have you. Oh, I just love that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the kind of love that so many of our parents have for us. Um, and sometimes we just need to let them say it and express it. Becky, how would you say your relationship with Sean has changed as you've both been on this process together? Our relationship has grown immensely. Well, I thought we had a really good relationship before. Now we can talk about everything and anything. Like before, he describes it as always this one part of me that you don't know about. And if you did, would you treat me differently? And now he knows like, no, she wouldn't. Like, she loves me. She really loves me. Yeah. Uh, what has this experience taught you about how our heavenly parents love? I, I know without a doubt that our heavenly parents love us no matter what and even if. I have felt that over and over in my life. God has forgiven me and been patient with me my, my whole life. Through this experience and literally, literally every experience in my life, I turn to God. I fall to my knees. Like, he's never let me down. <laughs> he's, he's always been there to, to guide me and direct me. And I've always felt his love so strongly. Mm -hmm. And But even in, in, in through this, in seeking answers and going to him with so many questions, I have felt such immense love. I, I felt so strongly just right even from the beginning that he nobody loves me and my family more than my heavenly father and that my job as a parent is just to love is to love my children and create that safe space in our home and to love them and to, to trust him with the with the journey and the experiences that we will will all have so becky if people want to hear more of your story where can they go you go to the, the church website and, and type in the Macintosh story or my name, Becky Macintosh. Uh, a video will come up called the Macintosh story. And then also uh, wrote a book called Love Boldly, Embracing Your LGBTQ Loved Ones and Your Faith. Mm -hmm. And that's available at Desert Book and Siegel Book and on Amazon. Becky, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story and for being so open and vulnerable. Thank you for joining us today. Please remember that we do not represent The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University. We are not trying to be prescriptive or tell anyone what to think or what to do. You heard three perspectives and there are many, many more. We encourage you to listen to other voices and hear a wide variety of experiences. If you would like to submit a question or share a comment about today's episode, you can email us at questionsfromthecloset at gmail.com. Until next time.